This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And as I like to say, I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> Although, like I said, every week I am always excited to have you. But but it really does mean a lot for you to take time out, especially if you're listening to this consistently. You've made it a part of your weekly uh, experience to be a part of this podcast. I, I really do appreciate that. And I really do hope that we're continuing to bring content that will encourage you, that will uplift you, that will challenge you that will help you to take your next step in your relationship with God. But I've been thinking about summer. And you remember what summer was like when you were a kid? I think about like summer vacations and some of the things I've done. Just go back and reflect on that. Like some of your favorite family memories during the summer. I could think of when I was a kid, I went to Detroit to spend a summer with my dad and we actually drove down to Ohio And on our way to go to a relative's house, we were actually driving down to Lexington, but on our way to driving down, we stopped at this amusement park called Cedar Point. And I don't know, I I just remember the name of it, and I just remember having an awesome time. Can't tell you the name of one roller coaster, because I I must have been eight, nine years old, uh, tops. But it was, I mean, it was just so much fun to go and to be able to do that and just have a great time. And then also, I just think about not even just the family trips that we've had. What about just those experiences that you have during the summer? Like, I can think of, you know, during the summertime when, you know, the days are longer, you can enjoy the day more, you, you have that time. It's summer vacation. And, and also remember that, you know, during summertime, of course, you have longer days, Right. And I don't know about you, but the rule for me when I was a kid is I had to be home when the street lights came on. <laughs> Did anyone else have that rule? Does anyone else identify with that or am I the only one? Yes. I had to be home when the street lights came on. So I'd hop on a bike and I'd just take off. I'd go over like maybe three blocks over, had this friend and I hung, up, hung out with. And we would, during the day, we would go and we would play, you know, uh, softball or, or not softball we would play stickball or football or you know some kind of sport and just having a good time or just play good old-fashioned tag and we could have tons of fun and I remember also he got an Atari 2600 <laughs> you guys remember that remember the Atari 2600 For those of you that may not remember when it first came out, maybe you played a classic rendition of it because they they re-released it probably, what, maybe five years ago or so where you can just go into Rouse and buy an Atari 2600 for like 20 bucks and would have all the games on it. But I remember we would play dun, 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 dun. What, what game is that? You guys remember what game? If you said Space Invaders, you're awesome. And I'm awesome that you were able to pick it up. Now, if you realize, oh, that's what Space Invaders sound like, I play Space Invader, Ken. That didn't sound like Space Invaders. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. Please don't knock me for my 
lack of verbal talent. Uh, verbal talent. However, if you did get it, then commend me for my impressive verbal talent. <laughs> but I remember that as clear as day. And, and I just wanted to encourage you to not allow this challenge that we're having with COVID-19 to rob you of opportunities to create memories. Maybe it's creating memories for your family, creating memories for yourself. And yeah, there may be some challenges with social distancing and, and trying, to be, trying, to, trying to figure that out. There may be some challenges with you know, those kind of setbacks and, and, and still creating memories. But here's the thing, and, and I think that this is so important for us to understand, that COVID-19 may bring limits, but there's a such thing as a human imagination. And let's begin to just expand that and, and try to. And I would love to hear from you. Like, if there are things that you've tried that you help would bring about, you know, some summer memories that you have, that you've did, done with your kids, I would love to be able to hear that. And I would also love to be able to share that. That would be really great. So if you have some great memories that have even happened during this time where you have been able to overcome the setbacks of COVID-19 and its challenges, but still create a great experience for your family and something that you can share with others. Because, you know, we have about, what, three weeks left before school starts, which is a whole nother thing we have to navigate, right? <laughs> How is that going to happen over the course of this year? Uh, just trying to, trying to figure that all out. But it's coming soon. And hopefully by the time it's, it's time for our kids to go to school, a plan would have been figured out that may be best for them that will increase their safety, also increase the safety of our teachers, faculty, and staff. There's, there's more to this than just our kids being able to be back into a classroom. There, there's, there's so much risk there. So I, I'm hoping that they're able to come up with a plan that is wise, that is as safe as possible so that our kids can have a great, ex great school experience. But the one thing that they will miss, and, and I guess let's be praying for that, and I don't know how we, we, can, we can capture that, because if they're not going to go back into the classroom, because one of my fun summer experiences is when summer was about to end and it was time to get ready to go to school, I remember going to, like, JCPenney or Kmart, you know, with the family... No, you know, unfortunately, we didn't live in a place where we could have high-end stuff. <laughs> so maybe you guys have remember going to, to uh, not Kohl's, but Macy's or just wherever it might be. But I remember going shopping with my mom and being able to just go out and get brand new shoes and brand new clothes and brand new backpacks and notebooks and pencil cases. I, I can tell you now, one of my favorite things that my mom bought me when I went to school it was, I, I want to say that I was going into the fourth, third, third grade. I was going into the third grade and my mom, no, second grade, sorry, because third grade was with my, with, the, with my dad in Detroit. So it had to be second grade. And my mom took me to the store and got me a $6 million man lunchbox. <laughs> That's right. Again, dating myself again. But it was awesome. Now, for those of you who don't know what the Six Million Dollar Man is, it was this show that was in the 70s about a guy who 
received bionic limbs and he was able to run faster. And, and remember that, you know, Steve Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. You guys remember that? Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the capabilities of making the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man better than he was before. Better, stronger, faster. Remember that? Now, here's the ironic thing. I can remember that, but I can't remember when my wife asked me to go to the store and pick up peanut butter. <laughs> Why is that? Why are we that way? But, but, but I digress. I, I think one of the things that we will definitely need going into this season is prayer. It's prayer. Like, how do we navigate? And that was actually one of the things Stan preached this Sunday, and he just talked about prayer. And, and I just wanted to dig into that a little bit more to begin to look at, to begin to look at what is prayer? How does it look? What is its meaning? What, is, what does it bring in, in, into our lives? Uh, because again, we've been doing this series called Seven. And what we're doing is we're looking at seven words that will change your life. And so we've talked about love. We've talked about, uh, we've talked about faith. And today we're talking about prayer. And this week we've talked about prayer. And here's the thing that I love. We are looking at the Hebrew word tefillah, tefillah. And I, I love the, the description of this word because it's more than just prayer. As I was doing research on it as well, it was talking about that it, it's literally translated as prayer, but, but they say it, it's not, it's not quite enough. Like it, it doesn't reach the, the complete bar on what this word means. And, and we'll dive into that in a minute. But it is so important for us if, if we're gonna be able to have the connection with God, the one that he desires, the one that we desire, it is so important for us to make the commitment to learn how to pray. And the interesting thing with tefillah is it's it's different. It's it's more of, they said a better translation for this word is communion. So the idea is oneness. The idea is relationship. Because I think a lot of times when we think about prayer, we usually think of, I talk to God, God listens, and then God answers. Right? It's, it's, this, it's this interaction between us and God. But usually, when it comes to prayer, we think of prayer as me asking God for things, right? I ask God for things. I talk to him about what I need. He answers his prayer. And that's, I mean, that's a part of prayer. I think it's important that we do make a commitment and we continue to do that. But if that's all our prayer is, well, let me put it this way. Just think about it this way. Let's say that you have a child and you invest in a child, you love that child, but the only time that child communicates to you is when the child wants something. Does that feel intimate? Does that feel deeply rooted and connected? Or, or, or would you want something deeper than that? Do, do you long for something deeper than that? Do you long for a connection deeper than that? Like, I could tell you one of the things that I've been doing with my oldest son 
is we've been, we just finished actually going through a book called Uncommon. And if you have a son, it's a great book to read through together. It really lays down the foundation of what it looks like to be a man. Really, really great book. So we, we went through that together. And I can tell you, it was just really great to, to share conversations with one another. And he shared his thoughts and me share my thoughts. It was really, really cool. And I think as a parent, isn't, isn't that what we want? Times where we can hang out with our kids. Times when, yeah, they can tell us what, what they want. I, I mean, I, I don't want them to never feel like they can't come to me about what they need. I just want our relationship to be deeper than that. I, I want my child to be able to come and talk to me about his or her struggles. I want my child to come to me and us just laugh together. Just have a great time laughing together. I, I want my child to be able to come to me and talk about life and what's happening in his or her soul. And just to be able to have that intimate connection. And it's interesting because when you look up the word prayer in the Merriam Dictionary, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says this, it's a derivative of the Latin word, which means to beg. So that already tells you, right? A derivative of the Latin word that means to beg. And it says this, a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. So it's good. I mean, at least we ask for help and express the thanks to God. So, so there's some celebration that's there. And it went on, you know how to give you like one, you know, two or three definitions. And it just says this, an earnest hope or wish. An earnest hope or wish. And that's prayer. And, and I wonder if we pray the way that we pray because of the way that we define it. I wonder if we pray the way that we pray because that's how we've been taught about prayer and what prayer is. And, and I'm hoping that maybe today as we dig into tefillah, that you'll be able to walk away and think, oh, I, I want something. I, I want something deeper. I, I want something deeper in my prayer. Like if, if I can have something deeper, that'd be great. Because I can tell you now, your heavenly father wants something deeper. And I also want to say this to you as well. If you have had the kind of relationship where you've only come to God asking for stuff, let me tell you, if you come to him and you say, no, hey, hey God, I, I know that you want so much more than that. And, and this, this is what I've rele relegated our relationship to. Can you please forgive me as I learn how to navigate something deeper? God's going to welcome that. The same way as a parent, right? If, if your child came to you and said, Mom, Dad, I've had a chance to take a look at myself and to look at our relationship. And I realize I have taken you for granted. That I've only come to you when I need stuff. Mom, Dad, would you, would you please forgive me for that? And if we can do that with God, you know that that's the beginning of tefillah? Because the tefillah, the root word of it means to judge. It means to judge. So the idea behind it is it's the act of judging oneself, which is interesting, right? It's, it's translated as prayer, but it is the act of judging oneself. It makes me think of Psalm 139, 23, and 24. 
Search me, O God, and know my anxious and, and search me, O God, and, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's a prayer of someone who is trying to practice tefillah. It's, it's this idea of let me look into myself and God ask you to look into me to search me. It's, it's, it's this digging. It's, 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 and, I, and I love this. Another uh, rabbi that I read said this. He said that it is a, an examination in the presence of the Almighty. It's an examination of oneself in the presence of the Almighty. Simply put, God, I'm getting real. <laughs> I may fool people some of the time. I may fool some people some other time, but God, I ain't fooling you ever. So it's, it's an opportunity for us to really be able to, to dig in our lives and, and begin to, to look at ourselves and, and who we are. And, and what are we looking at? I mean, we're looking at things like, am I living up to my potential? We're looking at things like, God, look at the gifts you've given me. Am I misusing those? Am I taking your gifts for granted? Am I utilizing my gifts, my talents, my abilities? Not only using them for myself, or am I just using them to advance myself and my own causes? Or God, have I, have I allowed the gifts, talents, and abilities that you've given me to really begin to make a difference in the lives of others? It's an examination of self. What about my priorities? God, do my priorities reflect how important you are in my life? How important my family is in my life? Am I having balance in my life? So it's, that's the idea of tefillah. It's this opportunity where I come before God and I am completely, wholly honest with God and with myself about what it is that's happening in me. And there's something really beautiful about that. Because then what I can do is I can begin to just share my soul, my heart with God and who he is. And it is and, and I love that. I love this idea of reaching into the innermost parts of my of my soul, of my of my heart, reaching into the my guts, my my the innermost levels of me and beginning to pour that out before him. So you know what's going to come out of that is it it puts us in this place too where we really have to be honest with ourselves. You know, Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, above all else, the heart is deceitfully wicked. And you know why? Because we can deceive ourselves. I can deceive, I, I, hey, I've done it all. I, I do it all the time. I still do it. So I'm still working through that process. But I, I do, I, I, I deceive myself. I deceived myself last night when I went in for that late night snack and I had a choice between fruit and chips. And I told myself, I'll eat just a few chips. Deceitfully wicked. I wasn't honest with myself. I wasn't going in there for a few chips, <laughs> right? So it's just this idea of us really learning how to be able to go before God and be completely honest with ourselves as well. So, so with prayer, 
What we're really shooting for is not just this, again, this thing where I come, I spew all my needs before God, and then I go and I expect God to work. I think this is really interesting. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus says, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he gives a list of people who will say, well, well, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not perform many great miracles in your name? And then Jesus said, but I will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you to evildoers. And I wonder if it's because of not practicing Tafi law, where we, we have this chance. And, it's, and this, this no here is not like God saying, I don't know you, because he knows us. Like he knows every fiber and element of us. But when he says, I, I knew, I, I didn't know you, it's, that, there's an intimacy that's there. There's a connection that's there. And it's not that God is not seeking to know us. It's are we seeking to pour our hearts out before him to truly know him? That's the challenge, my friends. That's the challenge. And, and I love this. So when you think about these, this idea now, and when, when you look at this, like I can go back in my life and I can look at the people that have been my really good friends. And you know why they were my really good friends? Because we hung out. And we just, we just talked about stuff. We just, we just talked about life and talked about stuff. And we, we just did. It was people that I knew that I could go to that I can just be myself with. And that's what God is looking for in prayer. Like, imagine when you look at it, this perspective of this level of intimacy that God desires with us. So in that situation, it would mean that this kind of life and prayer, it's both planned and it's spontaneous. Like, it needs to be planned. It has to be planned. Why does it need to be planned? Because one of the things I found is it's very easy for us to take God for granted. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week. But it's, it's so easy for us to take God for granted, take, take our lives for granted, take time for granted. And, and so when we plan that time out, and, and here's what I want to encourage you to do, is I want to encourage you to grab your day planner or grab your phone, or whatever it is that you use for scheduling, and actually schedule a meeting time with God. It doesn't have to be long, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, completely up to you, but it is a block of time that you are setting aside with God just to hang out, just to hang out. Now, to think about it this way too, there are times where I have conversations with friends, and it's like five minutes. Like, it's five minutes. There are also times where I have conversations with friends, half hour, 45 minutes, hour. And it's because of the nature of, of what's going on, the nature of, of things that I'm going through, or the nature of things that they're going through and what they're sharing with me and the interaction that can happen there. But when you plan it, at least you have that time set aside. And sometimes you will come and you will plan speaking with God, and, it, and, it, and, and there's not much to share with them about. You just, you know, God thank you in this moment. 
But there will also be times where, God, I really need to pour my heart out to you. Here's what's going on. And you have the opportunity to do that. So you want to do it planned, but you also want to do spontaneous. Spontaneous. Where you just make a commitment. I'm going to work on just practicing, just talking to God throughout my day. Just throughout my day. As you're driving down the street and you see a homeless guy. Hey, you know what, God? I just want to pray for him. I just want to pray that you be with him. Like if you see a homeless guy and you're in a position where you just can't stop at that point. Maybe you do that. As you're pulling into your parking lot and you happen to see so-and-so, someone that you work with, a co-worker, walking. Hey, God, I remember there were some things going on. And she was having a really tough time. I, I just want to pray for her. And so you, you pray. Maybe as you walk into the office and your manager is in her office and she's working. Hey, God, you know, I, I just want to pray for your manager's name. I'll just say Susie. God, I, I just want to pray for Susie right now. And God, I just pray for her and for her day and just pray that you will be with her. As you sit down at your desk, God, I just want to pray that you, you know, that you allow me to be effective today. You know, one of the things that I've been working on is trying to be better in a timely manner. And so here I am. I'm actually at work on time. God, thank you for that. And one of the things I've been working on, God, is just trying to be patient. I just pray that you would help me with being patient today. So do you see what's going on? Is not only am I interacting with God about my what's going on in my path, I'm also talking to them about me. And, and maybe you deal with the client. And maybe that client is really frustrated. And you don't know why. But when you get off the phone, you pray for that client. So this idea of being spontaneous is just having these moments throughout the day where you seek God and connect with him. It is both planned and it's spontaneous. Which makes sense, right? Because aren't there times when you hang out with your friend and you plan to hang out? Like, hey man, Friday night, let's go see a movie. Like you plan that, right? You go out and you plan that. But also there are times where you'll just call your friend. Hey dude, let's go hang out. Let's go do something. Or you'll talk on the phone for a little bit. Wasn't planned, it was just, they called, you picked up the phone and started talking. That's the idea. And what you're trying to develop in prayer between you and your relationship with God. There are some other elements of tefillah that I thought were really interesting. It, it talked about this idea of knowing where you stand before God. Because he is a holy God. He is righteous. That, 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 that there should be this sense of awe in, in coming before him. I mean, think about this that you have an opportunity to have a conversation with the creator of the world. I mean, just think about how powerful that is. A conversation with the creator of the world. So we look at him and we look at his awesomeness and we look at how amazing 
he is. And the beauty of this is this creator also wants to be my dad. He wants to be the one where at night I can walk into his room and hang out and watch TV with him and kind of talk about my day, what I've been going through, just being able to interact with him, hanging out with my dad. So there's this duality in our relationship with him, right? On the one hand, he is our awesome creator. And on the other hand, he's my dad. He's my pops. He's the one that loves me. I mean, just think about how beautiful that is. And that this loving father knows that I'm broken. This loving father knows that there are, there are things in me that still need to be worked through. This father knows that you struggle with your temper. This father knows that you struggle with your self-control. This father knows that you struggle with your patience. This father knows that in your brokenness, you have done things to try to manage life on your own. But yet and still, this father invites you back to this intimacy with him. And that's beautiful. And that I can come before him to just kind of talk, begin to re-examine my life. Re-examine my focus. Do you see the difference between that and just asking God for stuff? Do you see the difference between us two? And with that in mind, there's this humility when I come before him. And I, and I begin to realize, like, God, I'm asking you for your forgiveness. I don't deserve it. God, I'm asking for things to work out at my job. But I really don't deserve it. There's this humility that is connected in our relationship with him. And you know what happens with that humility? Is it also increases our gratitude. When he does work. When he does move. Because here's the truth. God owes me nothing. He owes me nothing. But yet he gave his son. He owes me nothing but gave his everything. Well, I'm going to coin that. (laughs) He owes me nothing but gave me his everything. Why? Because he loves me. And he wants to have that kind of relationship with me. So tefillah, it's more than just prayer. It's not a, it's not a big enough definition for it. It's, it's this idea of stepping into this deep communion with God. And he invites you to that. 
So my prayer is that we'll do that. That we'll learn how to do that. And here's the great thing is last Sunday, Stan walked through the Lord's Prayer given to us by Jesus as a model. And that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be a model. If you don't know what to pray, if you don't know how to pray, I, I get that. I get that. And I, I've seen several acrostics. You know, for example, I've seen one where there's acts. So the A stands for adoration. So you take a moment to adore God, celebrate, for, celebrate him and who he is. The C stands for confession where I begin to just share and, again, bear my soul, my struggles, my heart, my wrestles. I share those with God. T stands for thanksgiving, where I just share the things that I'm thankful for. The S stands for supplication. And supplication means that I'm praying on behalf of others. I'm praying for others' needs. And be praying. Be praying for our president. Be praying for the upcoming election. Be praying for... COVID-19 and what's happening in our society right now. Be praying for racial equality and what's happening with Black Lives Matter. I mean, we should just, we should be praying like we have never prayed before because the truth is we need prayer like we've never needed it before. So tefila. my prayer is that you step into that awesomeness of your relationship with him. So again, thank you so much. I'm so excited to, again, have you with me uh, this morning, evening, or afternoon, depending on whenever you're listening to this. I just wanted to remind you that in three weeks, or, or yeah, in three weeks, we're starting a brand new series called Politics and Religion. And, and here's the heartbeat behind it. I, I'll tell you, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. My wife and I, we've been talking. And one of the things that we've both been wrestling with is Christianity. Not in the sense of where we question our faith or anything like that. But I've just seen the ugly side of Christianity recently. And I am just so disenchanted with it. And I think if, if I'm disenchanted as a believer, <laughs> oh boy, what about those who don't believe? What about those who don't believe? So is, is there a way that we can navigate politics and our faith in such a way that we still show his love, we still show his grace, we still show his mercy? Yeah, we might agree to disagree, and again, the goal of this series is not to convince you on an issue, it's not to convince you on a candidate, it's not to convince you to think a certain way, at least politically, or act a certain way politically. But it is challenging us, and it will be to challenge us to look at our hearts. So, so I'll tell you, this, this series is motivated by the fact that I have just been so disappointed and what I've seen. And I'm hoping we can change that. So if you're disappointed, please join us for that series, Politics and Religion. And if you know other Christians who are disappointed, invite them to join us for the series. And 
if you wanted to use this as a tool to really be able to reach out to your friends, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm hearing something different. I, I know, I know that maybe you are disenchanted with Christianity. You know, check this out. Check out this podcast or check out this live stream. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to hear what you think. So we're going to be starting that up in three weeks. I hope that you are able to join us for that. Again, just a quick reminder, please rate us. If there are things that we're doing well, please let us know. If you wouldn't give us a five-star review, please let us know. Please let us know about the things that we can do better. If you are listening through the website, also we are on Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcasts. So you can find us there, subscribe to us there, follow us there, however, however it is that you get your podcast. And then every time we post a new podcast, boom, it'll automatically be there for you to be able to listen. And just a final reminder, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. That's what today was all about. Communion and that connection, that intimacy with him. Love out. Let's make sure that we are showing love to others. And love in. Take care of yourself. Protect yourself. Get rest. And we'll be back with you next week. So again, thank you so much. God bless you. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.